Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining us. We're going to have a conversation on one of the best lessons that we have learned from our mentor, Dallas Willard, on the power of solitude and silence. Christy, this has been uh, a very impactful soul care practice uh, for both of us, even though we're opposite personalities in so many ways uh, and have very different experiences with solitude and silence. Uh, We were reminded of this just recently as we were reflecting on one of Dallas's writings that comes from his book, Renewing the Christian Mind. But uh, he says that every person should have regular periods in life where she or he has nothing to do. And he goes on to say that periods of solitude and silence are uh, indispensable for helping us learn to be instead of just doing. He talks about the problem of us being so busy all the time. Uh, He says uh, that harassing, hovering feeling of have to largely comes from the vacuum in our own soul But actually, we have opportunity to be at home with our Father in his kingdom instead of lost in a vacuum. And so when we're set aside extended hours, uh, if we can do it, in quiet and being alone, uh, many changes that begin to take place if we allow them. We initially probably feel restless, anxious, uh, maybe stressed because we have so much to do. I might probably get to feeling bored, might feel punished and bad about ourselves because that's what solitude uh, timeout meant as a kid. Uh, and so the first things that we feel, they don't feel good and they don't seem spiritual, they don't seem helpful, but we're learning how to decompress and how to get off the hamster wheel of our life and to discover that actually I'm not alone in solitude. And actually my life's not empty, but God is beautiful and good and loving. And there are many ways that God is caring for me right now. And we can begin to experience a new depth in our life through the practice of solitude and silence, especially when we couple it with conversation with a soul friend or a spiritual director and we process the experience. So often Dallas's writings about solitude have encouraged me and impactful for me. They were in terms of that they appetized me for this discipline. I didn't have an appetite for it at all. (laughs) And so I needed to be appetized and he gave me a vision as to why I would make this a priority in my life. And he gave me the intention, the desire to do it. And so that was really key for me to start practicing solitude. And we talked last week about hearing God is different at each of the Christ stages of development that we write about in our book, Journey of the Soul. But our experience with solitude is different at each of those Christ stages too. And I have experienced that difference in each of them. And there were times when I was first leaning into practicing solitude where it felt like it was, it was the punishment because that was something that when I was relegated to my room or left alone, I felt, I felt lost. I felt punished. I felt unwanted. And it, it 
conjured up my injuries of abandonment and, and not being wanted. But then as I leaned in, a, in the inner journey stage, solitude was such a gift. And I really experienced what Dallas writes about, about discovering I had a soul and it really fostering this waking up of the aliveness of my soul in ways that I had been, my soul had been split by sin or, or had been uh, directed by others around me and serving, serving the person that I was with and the ways that solitude was really conducive to my intimacy with Jesus. And then in the spirit-led ministry stage, solitude was often a time where I would maybe hear God's voice or have some experience of him or some mystical experience of the Lord. And that was such a consolation. It's so exciting and so nourishing to my soul. But then in the T stage, sometimes solitude just felt like a waste of time. Sometimes it just felt empty. Sometimes it just felt like it was um, faithful, being present to God. But I couldn't point anything direct that God was doing in that time. In the our stage of responsibilities in ministry, it felt like a waste of time, but in a different way because I was tied into the productivity and what I would be doing for God. And it felt like it was hard to embrace and experience that this was really for God or to have any experience of a, of a productivity to it. So it's anxious in the R stage. Yeah. Sol- solitude is mm-hmm. like uh, restless and yeah. pushing. I want to accomplish more. I want to do more. Yeah. In the T stage, we're able to be quiet. We're able to be still. We're able to just remain in God's presence. But but it, it might feel fruitless in terms of I'm not hearing anything. I'm not feeling close to God even, but I'm just being faithful and, and yielding myself to the Lord and, and loving God as best I can. Yes. It, and so I think we experience it differently, different seasons, different stages of, of our spiritual and emotional growth, but I think it's necessary and important at each. And I think it's a, a one that in our day today, we have to really be intentional and make space for because it doesn't tend to happen on its own. And I think that it's something that we need to understand the intention of and the value in, and we need to enter it with a, an intention to be with the Lord and to open our souls to him, but to abandon an attachment to outcomes of what, what God will do in that time. We're yielding ourselves, submitting ourselves, relinquishing our agenda to God to just uh, be in God's presence and love God and trust the spirit of Jesus to do a work in us. And as we're faithful to that over the days and weeks and months and years, when we look back, we realize actually God is changing me through this practice. I'm, I'm becoming deeper, um, more grounded, more, more present to the God who's present to me. And God is using the times of solitude to awaken me, as you said, Christy, to sins I need to confess that are dividing my soul and setting me uh, afield from God's purposes. Stress and hurt and bad memories and uh, emotions that maybe we don't want to feel, we become aware of, but then now we can pray them through or we can talk them through with our spiritual director. And so the pairing together of solitude and community is very powerful and it's it's really how we come into a, a deeper flourishing uh, as human beings is this deepening of self-awareness and self-reflection 
coupled with uh, a trust in God and a trust in people who are present for us, uh, because that's how God heals our souls. That's how God restores what's broken in us. That's how God fills us where we've got that vacuum in our soul. That's where we come to to be a more of the uh, non-anxious presence, living in the in the peace of God, doing our work in the easy yoke of Jesus, because we're not striving, we're not forcing, uh, because we've we've learned to be still uh, down deep inside, as Thomas Kelly, the old Quaker, writes about. We're learning to to center down. We're we're, we're learning th- that life of unhurried peace and and serenity. And we're learning to integrate the many disparate parts of our lives. They, they, they come together as we just bring ourselves into God's presence, uh, whether it's through solitude or through a relationship with somebody that we trust. So often, Bill, because I am an external processor, I find that the, the insights, the gleanings, the consolations of solitude actually don't I don't, they don't come into my awareness until I've entered into that spiritual direction conversation about my experience in the solitude. And oftentimes as I will begin to talk about what I experienced or didn't experience about maybe my, my hope for the time and then my disappointment and in, in what it was really like or how it just felt like such a, a, a fruitless time that then all of a sudden I discover where actually there was some treasure that I had missed. I discover where God was present that I hadn't really been awake to. Well, and you you talk with the spiritual director regularly. You you talk with with me and some of your friends uh, in that way as well. And uh, what I've seen as you do that is that this is one of the ways that you practice that uh, Ignatian practice of the examine of consciousness. Of, well, when have I been conscious of God's presence? And just simply by sharing your life, which you are living under the Lord uh, of goodness and grace, it helps you become more aware of what God is saying and doing in your life or or just what you need from the Lord. Yeah, and I need to be reminded by writings like this at at Dallas where he encourages me to keep going with this because there's still this part of me that sometimes feels like I've been practicing solitude for so long, I don't need to do it anymore or, or well, it was productive in that season, but it's not—it's not really feeling very productive right now. Or I could get frustrated, and so then I—I I get encouraged again when I read from him about how desperate our souls are for this, even still, and how little time we get of this, and how productive it is for us, even when it doesn't feel productive. And Dallas taught to us a lot about that, about. Abandoning our expectations, not trying to make anything happen as we we go into these kinds of solitude times. And oftentimes these solitude times for me come in the night where I didn't even plan them. I just have some hours where I'm awake and I'm I'm very tempted to get up and go start working on some things on my to-do list or to get up and turn on a sermon. Because if I turn on a sermon, I know I'll get back to sleep pretty quickly or to do something that would you know, help me get back to sleep. And instead I try to just embrace it as, okay, this is my midnight monastery. This is my midnight time of solitude with the Lord. Now I'm going to have some time. I, God's in charge of how long it is, but I'm going to be obedient just to stay in bed in the dark, quiet, alone with him and trust that he's with me, even if I don't feel it. Dallas writes, so what do you do in solitude or silence? 
Well, so far as things to get done, nothing at all. As long as you are doing things to get done, you have not broken human contact. So don't go into solitude and silence with a list. Then he says, can we enjoy things in solitude and silence? Yes, but don't try to enjoy things. (laughs) Just be there. And don't try to get God to do anything. Just be there. He will find you. And then he he adds, uh, when we go into solitude and silence, we need to be relatively comfortable. Don't try to be a hero in this or in any other spiritual discipline. Now, that was convicting for me the Mm -hmm. first time I read that because that's my pattern. I try to be too heroic. Uh, And the whole point is Jesus is the hero and I'm not doing anything. Dallas continues on, you know, the practicalities of how, how do you do solitude and silence? Well, you'll need some rest. Sleep until you wake up truly refreshed. We just had our Sabbath day, and it was a day in which I didn't do anything productive, and I did that to worship God, and it wasn't a day with lots of solitude and silence in it. Some Sabbath days are, but it was a day that I dedicated to the, to God, and different points I prayed about God being at work and God's leading soul shepherding. Jesus is in charge of my life and my work, not me. And I'm trusting that God is at work. And this is a day for me to rest and to worship him. Uh, and so it was restful for me. We spent a lot of time with our two of our grandkids. And so in some ways it was putting out some energy for them. But it was, it was still that was restful in a different way because I wasn't doing my normal work. And so as is commonly true for me, that night I slept I slept really good. I had a very full night's of sleep and I woke up and uh, I was I was refreshed and relaxed. I wasn't thinking about my work and, and then I just stayed in that mode and then I did get in some extended solitude and silence, went for a long run. I was just praying, I was in the beauty of nature, meditating on scripture and it's like, yeah, I have a soul and God is good and the world is beautiful and came back with, with lots of lots of energy. This is what he was talking Dels is talking about. He says, for solitude and silence, you will need to rest, sleep until you wake up truly refreshed, and then just stay there long enough for your inner being to become different. And see, that's what happened this morning. I, I realized, yeah, my inner being is different. There's a flow of life here. And I especially felt that coming into this podcast after after my run. And then uh, one, one of the... Uh, Desert Fathers talks about solitude and silence using an analogy uh, that Dallas references, but uh, that muddy water becomes clear only if we let it be still for a while. And see, that's what happens to our souls. Our souls are like uh, muddy water, and it needs to calm down and get still. And so we commend the practice of solitude and silence to you. We would love to have you join us in a Soul Shepherding Institute retreat we will mentor you in solitude and silence. It's one of the things that we do every day, uh, every one of the main days in the Soul Shepherding Institute, which is five days long. We have 12 of these retreats this year that Christy and I are leading in communities of about 30 to 40 people, all different kinds of people, pastors and parents and missionaries and spiritual directors and coaches, and you are welcome to join us. We mentor you in what we call TLC, TLC time, to love Christ. Uh, Lord, we do love you, and just pray for each of our listeners to find ways to grow in the practice of solitude and silence and a deeper submission to you, a deeper waiting 
upon you, a deeper trust, and uh, through that, a growing intimacy with you, Lord, and a growing sense of anointing upon their lives. We just thank you, God, that you do meet us in these times of quiet prayer. Even if we don't recognize it or feel it, maybe we need to talk with a spiritual director or a friend, and then we'll discover ways that you actually are meeting us. Help each of us, Lord, to balance this great rhythm of solitude and community and that we might become more like Jesus and more fruitful. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram 